0: my heart's been blessed and that's just the singing this morning who knows maybe the preaching's not gonna be very good so i'd be extra blessed in the singing this morning god knows what he's doing or maybe is just gonna be full blessing all the way around who knows mark chapter 15 let's turn there this morning mark chapter number 15 and today we finish chapter 15 and so mark chapter 15 We've been in Mark now a year and a half A little over a year and a half And we're getting towards the end here Mark chapter number 15 And look with me this morning Down at verse number 42 Mark 15 verse number 42 The scripture says And now when the even was come Because it was the preparation, that is, the day before the Sabbath, Joseph of Arimathea, an honorable counselor, which also waited for the kingdom of God, came and went in boldly unto Pilate and craved the body of Jesus. And Pilate marveled if he were already dead. And calling unto him the centurion, he asked whether he had been dead or if he had been any while dead. And when he knew it of the centurion, he gave the body to Joseph. And he bought fine linen and took him down and wrapped him in the linen and laid him in a sepulcher which was hewed out of a rock and rolled a stone unto the door of the sepulcher. And Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of Joseph, beheld where he was laid. Father, I pray that you'd bless the next few minutes this morning guide our thoughts to get something from here today. We love you. We need you today. We need you every day. And I pray that as we come to your word this morning, that we just pause for a few minutes. I know there are a lot of things going on in a lot of our folks' lives today. But help us for the next few minutes to put those things aside. To focus in on what your word has for us today and help us to leave here different today not because of the pastor and what he says but because of your word You promised that it wouldn't return void and I believe that promise and I thank you for the wonderful privilege to be able to preach your word guide us and direct us today in Jesus name I pray amen over the past couple weeks we've seen how Jesus died on the cross and there are a lot of people out there that don't believe he truly died. They call it the, the swoon theory, is what it is called. And they believe that Jesus didn't really die, that he just was really tired and kind of passed out. And that he came back, that he never died. Because if someone comes back to life, that means a lot about that person, right? Because it's not an everyday occurrence that something like that takes place. And so, you you also got, that idea holds that maybe the coldness in the tomb was enough to wake him up. But he was never truly dead. You know, the Quran holds that Jesus wasn't crucified at all. And some Muslims believe that another man died in this place. There's a lot of things that people have to say that go against what the scripture says. Before we go into the message today... I want to take a couple minutes and just show you scripture on how we know that Jesus died, because the Bible tells us so. And so I want you to see me this morning. Let's look at the evidence of it this morning, okay? If you're going to look at a crime scene or you're going to look at some story that's told and you want to see if it's true, you've got to look for evidence, right? So the Bible gives us plenty of evidence that tells us that Jesus died. So let's start Mark chapter 15 and verse 37. The Bible says, And Jesus cried with a loud voice and gave up the ghost. Do you see that verse right there? We look at verse 39. It says, And when the centurion, so this man was a Roman soldier that was over a hundred others. This man had seen many other deaths. He knows what death looks like. And look at what it says here. It says, "...which stood over against him, saw that he so cried out, and gave up the ghost, he said, Truly this man was the Son of God." The centurion saw him die that day. The Bible tells us in the verses we read a few minutes ago, in verse number 43, that Joseph, he craved the body of Jesus. Now you and I might crave a hamburger, or something like that, but this man wanted, and he craved the body of Jesus." that means he had died verse 44 of this passage we see the phrase already dead mentioned here Pilate was kind of surprised that he was already dead then he gets that centurion has him come and he asks him did he really die and he confirmed the fact that Jesus died and because Jesus was dead Pilate granted the body to Joseph do you see those things there the Bible tells us in John chapter 19. It describes how the professional executioners broke the legs of the two criminals to hasten their death. Because you've got to remember, when you're hanging there on a cross, you, you can't breathe. The only way to breathe and get air into your lungs, you've got to step up. So if they break your legs, you cannot get air, and you drown without air. Bible tells us in John 19, verse 33 and 34, But when they came to Jesus and saw that he was dead already, they break not his legs. But one of the soldiers with a spear pierced his side, and forthwith came there out blood and water. As we look at that and we think on that there, those guys knew if someone was dead or not. And they purposely did not break Jesus' legs Because he was already dead But may I just remind you The reason why this took place Is to fulfill what Psalm 34 verse number 20 tells us He kept all his bones Not one of them is broken Imagine if they would have broke his legs That would have, this prophecy would never have been fulfilled That's what Jesus was doing He was fulfilling the prophecies about him and when we think on these things, and we think about that spear, and you think about what the first Passover, and I didn't put the verse there for you, but in Exodus chapter number twelve, it talks about the fact about the Passover lamb, verse forty six: In one house shall it be eaten. Thou shalt not carry forth out of the flesh abroad out of the house, neither shall ye break a bone thereof. The Passover lamb, you were not supposed to break those bones either. It represented the true passover in Jesus Christ. And when we look and we think on these things, the Bible tells us in Zechariah 12 verse number 10, and I will pour out, I'll pour upon the house of David and upon the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and of supplication, and they shall look upon me, whom they have pierced. It's no accident that that soldier pierced his side. It was prophesied long before That they would pierce him. And they shall mourn for him as one mourneth for his own son. And shall be in bitterness for him as one that is in bitterness for his firstborn. Jesus died. End of story. He rose again. We will get there in the next few weeks. Today, we jump into this passage and we see kind of an unexpected follower of Jesus Christ. We see this man that wants the body of jesus christ now we talk a lot about the death of jesus christ and we talk about the resurrection a lot did you know that his burial is important as well the bible tells us in 1 corinthians chapter 15 the bible tells us in verse 3 and 4 for i delivered to you as of first importance which i also received that christ died for our sins according to the scriptures the, wait That Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and that he was buried And that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures Do you see the buried part? That's part of the gospel He died, he was buried, he rose again And so this morning we're going to take some time to look at the burial of Jesus Christ As we dive in this morning, it was a few years ago Ryan, I think you were with me Um, Were you there? Did we hear Doug Fisher preach that message About how to handle the body of Christ? One of the best messages I've ever heard And never even thought of it this way Was, and I think you can find it online Pastor Doug Fisher, he pastors down in San Diego Lighthouse Baptist Church He's had a lot of health issues And really isn't doing very well anymore But he's starting to get back to preaching After a year and a half of surgeries And seizures and all these things But he preached a message probably five years ago and it was how to handle the body of Christ. The church is the body of Christ, right? And he took parallels of how Joseph so careful and how he treated the body of Jesus and how flippantly we treat his body today. It's a great truth, and I recommend for anyone that wants a good sermon to listen to, that would be a great sermon to listen to. And if you want a link to it later, just send me a text, and I'll send you a link to help you find it there. This morning we looked down at verse number 42. The scripture tells us, And now when the even was come, behold, it was the preparation, that is the day before the Sabbath. Now I'm going to say something here before we go deep into the message. And I'm going to, one of the things that I always mock a lot is those that say that Jesus died on Friday because there's no way you can add from Friday to Sunday that little bit of time and that's what i've always been taught but something that stuck out to me in this verse and just look with me i'm gonna i gotta do some more research i got maybe maybe israel counted days differently than we count days today there's got to be something to it but do you see what it says right there in verse 42 the day before the sabbath the sabbath is saturday so unless there was some special sabbath or something else friday could be a possibility you say well why are you saying that now if I say things from the pulpit and then I see the Bible could say something different than what I've said, I will just stick with the Bible. If, if one thing you got to remember, pastors can be wrong on what they say. Did you know that? You laugh at that? Yeah. And sometimes they're wrong often. The Word of God's never wrong. It's never been wrong and it never will be wrong. So I'm going to do some more thoughts and some more research on that. And I might be a little bit more careful how I use that phrase going into the future. But anyways, right now, let's just dive deeper into today's message. So when we look here, it's the preparation day, the day of preparation. And the Bible also tells us in John 19, 31, that this Sabbath was also a high day because of the Passover. Which meant there was urgency, and his body had to be down by a certain time in all reality. Because this is what the Bible tells us in Deuteronomy chapter 21, verse 22 and 23. And if a man have committed a sin worthy of death, and he be put to death, and now hang him on a tree, his body shall not remain all night upon the tree. Is there more to that there? Joe was scratching his shoulder there. But thou shalt in any wise bury him that day. For he that is hanged is accursed of God, that thy land may not be not defiled which the lord thy god giveth thee for an inheritance so you have passover you have his body there and think just think on that his body for he that is hanged is accursed of god jesus was accursed by god for our sin he who did no wrong he who knew no sin became sin so we might be made the righteousness of god In him. So as we get to this passage, Jesus has died. It's the day before Passover, it's in the evening. There are not many hours left to get the body down and to do something with it. And so we're going to look today at what happened. Number one, as we dive in today, I want to talk about a man named Joseph. A man named Joseph. Now, through the Bible, there are a lot of Josephs we talk about, right? There's a Joseph with a coat of many colors there's a joseph that was technically the earthly father of jesus a lot of josephs we could look at this joseph we're just really learning about in this passage here as we look here we see first of all that joseph the bible says he was of arimathea that's where he lived in arimathea and arimathea was located about 20 miles northwest of jerusalem And it is probably, Arimathea is probably the birthplace of Samuel. He was probably born in that area there. We're given his name, we're given his hometown, and I believe one of those reasons is so that those people who were alive in those days, they knew what took place. It was a record of the fact that Jesus died, he was buried in Joseph's tomb, and then he rose again. Now as we look at this and we think on Joseph, well, who was this guy? Well, he lived in Arimathea because he was of Arimathea. But the Bible also tells us a few things about this man. Letter B, we see, first of all, that he was respected. You see that phrase there in verse number 43. It says, Joseph of Arimathea, an honorable counselor. Do you see that phrase right there? That means that he was noble and well-informed. He was a member of the Jewish Supreme Court. The Bible tells us in Luke 23 verse number 50 that he was a good man and a just. The book of Matthew tells us in chapter 27 that he was a rich man, hence why he had this tomb. This was not your average tomb of the day. This was a rich man's tomb. As we look at these things, and Luke 23 51 even indicates that he was a member of the Sanhedrin. Because you got to understand, He wasn't going to consent to the counsel that was given to for Jesus to die. But I'll tell you this: all those things that he was, I don't think anybody really knew that he was a real committed follower of Jesus Christ. So when Jesus has died, and when the time comes, we see this is a well-respected man. We see not only is he well-respected, but we see we see next in the same point here that he was spiritual say, well, why was he spiritual? Well, look what verse number 43 tells us. It says, which also waited for the kingdom of God. This man was spiritually minded here. That shows that he knows that there was more to this life, and he was waiting for the kingdom of God to come. This man, Joseph of Arimathea, he was respected, he was spiritual, but think about this one. He was also courageous. Think about that. These people put Jesus to death. He knew what they thought of Jesus, and now he is asking for his body? I don't know, and maybe I just think differently than others, but you think about this, that's pretty bold. That's pretty courageous to do. Because when you look at it and you think about it, as a member of the Sanhedrin, that had forced Pilate to crucify Jesus, Jesus was not a popular guy. And yet, he he was willing to claim Jesus' name and take his body and bury it. That's bold. If you knew that people had killed your Savior and might do the same thing to you if you really came out as a follower of Jesus Christ, would you do it? We have a hard time being a witness to people today because they might laugh at us. <laughs> You're a follower of Jesus Christ. It was a lot different in those days. They wouldn't have just laughed at Joseph. He could have been marked a dead man. He was bold. So he was respected, he was spiritual, he was courageous. And what did he do? Joe put it up there because I kind of said already, right, but let her see. He asked for the body of Jesus. We look there and the Bible says he craved the body of Jesus. And basically the word craved, he asked for it, he wanted it really bad. That's what the Bible tells us here. He wanted it really bad, he craved it. It shows the eagerness of it. you've got to understand, according to Roman law, Pilate's really the only one who could release the body to someone. Bodies were normally left, the way the Romans did it, the Romans didn't follow holy days or Old Testament law. For them, you would leave the person up there on the cross and let the birds eat their bodies. Because what it would do is it would show others that if you do this, look at what's going to happen to you. That's why we look at society today. You have district attorneys in Los Angeles and in other places, they do away with bail things and just let people right back out on the streets what's going to stop someone from doing what they just did again if there's nothing to no consequences they're going to just go do it again i heard the other day of a, a man in brooklyn during covid during that time he robbed a bank and in in new york there there's no they they will just let you back out he went before the judge and the judge said we'll see you in 60 days the very next day he robbed the bank again because if there are no consequences for your actions, so that's why the Romans left the bodies up there. This is what happens. So in our society today, when you do away with punishment and these things, you look, look at the problems you can run into. And that's why people do as they please. Anyways, that was a little extra for you this morning. Just a little thought there for you. He asked for the body. Now when we see this all take place, we see Joseph Arimathea, number one, but next we see Pilate again. Pilate's response, look there at verse 44 and verse number 45. Bible says, And Pilate marveled if we were already dead, and calling unto him the centurion, he asked him whether he had been any while dead. And when he knew it of the centurion, he gave the body to Joseph. We see a few things about Pilate here. Letter A, we see that Pilate was surprised at his death. That phrase there, marveled, that means astonished. Do you know what this shows me? How brutal everything Jesus went through was. How cruel it was. Because you've got to understand something. Not only did he suffer all the beatings that he did and suffer death on a cross, but he also bore our sin on his body. But Pilate, he was surprised. Letter B, we see that he investigated his death. And I think that that is mentioned in the Bible here on purpose. You see, Pilate just didn't look at Joseph and say, oh, okay, he's dead, all right, take the body. No, what did he do? He called for his soldier to come, the centurion, and he asked the centurion to make sure that he died. He investigated it. He just wasn't going to hand over the body. And, you know, they probably didn't have all the instruments and tools we have today. They didn't have a heart monitor on Jesus to see if his heart was still beating. And after he investigated his death letter C, we see that he verified his death. He brought in the centurion, and the Bible tells us that he knew it. And when he he asked him whether he, you know, and it says he knew it of the centurion. Because he verified the death, may I just remind you, Jesus died. The Bible is clear on that. The Bible gives us plenty of evidence for the fact that he died. The way the pilot researched this out, had the centurion come. If that centurion lied, has there ever been people that said, well, he said that he's the son of God, he just lied about it. He'd be put to death. There were others there. They saw he died. And we see letter D, the fact that he granted the dead body to Joseph. It says there in verse 45 and when he knew it of the centurion, he gave the body to Joseph. That word gave as we look at this here, it has the idea of giving as a gift. Isn't that kind of weird how that word means that? Now you got to understand something, church the body was still hanging on the cross he was dead on the cross his body wasn't taken down off that cross when he died, Joseph in urgency went to ask for the body it's quite an undertaking and only a few hours to do something because it's evening before the Passover In all reality, there comes a certain point to where you can't do anything with a dead body and participate in Passover. So which leads us to number three this morning. We see what Joseph did with the body of Jesus. He was granted the body. And look at what the Bible tells us. Verse 46, he bought fine linen. So the first thing he did, letter A, is he bought fine linen. Joseph had been blessed financially. The Bible said he was rich, right, in the book of Matthew? And he was generous with what he had, so he went to the market to buy something to bury Jesus with. Reminds me of the clothes that Jesus had in his birth there. Joseph didn't want to use something that cost him nothing. He paid for it. So, well, why would what what changed in this man? We'll get there in a few minutes. That's where the application comes in. How could this man really remain pretty silent overall and see all the things take place? What got this man to get his faith to come outside of himself for others to see? But we see this man, he saw all that Jesus went through on the cross. And he bought fine linen. Let her be he removed or took Jesus down. Think on this one for a minute. The Bible says here, he bought fine linen and took him down. It is no doubt, how difficult would it be to get hands out of five to seven inch spike nails that were in them? And feet. you couldn't just get the back of a hammer and pull the nail out. You're going to rip the hands through. You're going to rip the feet through. They didn't have ladders like we do today. And I know you watch some of the movies about Jesus. They got him in, those, uh, in that little... And that sheet like thing, and he came down pretty easy. I don't think it was quite that easy to get him down from the cross. But we see here, and you think about it, he removed the crown of thorns off his head. He took his hands out of those nails. What an undertaking! He bought fine linen. He took Jesus down and let her see He wrapped Jesus in the linen What would have happened is The way it would work is You would first wash the body And then you would wrap it in the linen And at this point the Bible tells us In John 19 and verse 39 Isn't it interesting here's another guy And there came also Nicodemus remember nicodemus nicodemus was that guy that came to jesus and they talked in the night because he didn't really want anybody to know that they were talking and that's where those famous verses about being born again come from so you have joseph of arimathea and nicodemus two unlikely sources but the bible says and there came also nicodemus which at the first came to Jesus by night and bought a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pound weight. Now we talked about Mary in the past. Remember how Mary had a precious ointment that she broke? It's expensive. This is not a cheap thing. So now you have these two men. You have Joseph of Arimathea and you got Nicodemus. Nicodemus has the ointment. They wash his body and they put that on his body. But in all reality, there's not enough time to finish everything because the Passover is at hand. But what we see here is we see that Nicodemus came. It's amazing to me when we see these things. You'll notice in Mark chapter 16, which Lord William will be in next week, verse number 1, and when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome had brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. You see, he wasn't, it wasn't finished yet. They didn't have enough time to get the body properly done and raised. So that's what these ladies were going to come back for. The last verse of f- chapter 15 tells us that they, went, they saw where the tomb was. Why? So they knew where to go when they came back. And so as we look at this and we think on these things, the body of Jesus would have been wrapped up like a mummy with a separate cloth laid over his head. And because of this time, they didn't get everything completely finished. And we see the next thing that happened was, letter D, he rolled a stone over the sepulcher. The Bible tells us here, it says, he bought fine linen, took him down, wrapped him in the linen, and laid him in the sepulcher, which was hewed out of the rock. And so as we look at this here, and we see the fact there was a stone rolled in front of the sepulcher. And the body would have been placed on a stone shelf, which was cut out of a rock inside of this tomb. And what you got to understand, since this tomb is the way it was, there was no back exit. There's no way he could have, someone could have taken his body out the back door. There is no back door. It's hewed in the stone and his body is laid there. And what the Bible tells us here that they laid a stone in or that as we the my words gotta catch up with me. And so I gave you D. You need C still, don't you? Did you not get C? Did you get C? I don't think you got C. Is there C? We did get C? Joe, you're just moving right along when I'm just going through things. So good. That's good. I tell you, my mind gets carried on with different thoughts and going through. But as we see this here. It's kind of interesting to me, the fact that he was crucified on the cross with criminals, and yet he was laid in a rich man's tomb. And the Bible tells us in Matthew 27 that this was a new tomb. It was a new tomb, and that's uh, that's the next verse that we're going to look at there in just a minute. They laid him there. They rolled the stone. The Bible says the pilot put his own seal on there, and there were people watching to make sure the tomb was secure man when I take the time to stop and think on this passage I think of these two men I think of Joseph of Arimathea and I think of Nicodemus the first time we hear of Nicodemus we hear of a man that wants to meet Jesus at night he's up on a rooftop he doesn't really want anyone else to know that he's talking to Jesus. We see that Joseph of Arimathea that he was a ruler, probably part of the Sanhedrin, might have spoke up a little bit. But what took a man like Joseph of Arimathea and made him be so courageous to say, "I want that body?" I want to treat it properly and do what needs to be done. What made a man like Nicodemus, who kind of hid that he even wanted to see Jesus, buy an expensive ointment to put on the body of Jesus? What made these two men change from where they were? May I just give you a couple thoughts this morning? It's the cross that made all the difference. Hey, we think about the disciples and what took place. What really changed for them? The resurrection changed them. Because even after he died, they're hiding in that upper room. But man, for these two men, they saw him on the cross. They saw what he went through. And Joseph had to do something about it. May I just give you two thoughts this morning to apply to our lives and to our hearts. Number one this morning is, go public with your private faith. Go public with your private faith. What is you, As we look at these things, the same Jesus they were initially afraid to go public about is the one who pardoned them on the cross and the one that they finally stood up for. Does your family know that you're a follower of Jesus Christ? Do your neighbors know that you're a follower of Jesus Christ? Do your co-workers know that you're a follower of Jesus Christ? Say, I just don't know if I want. After all Jesus has done for you, as we look at Joseph and we look at Nicodemus this morning, after all Jesus did for them, they were done with hiding it. I want that body, and I'm going to bury it right. You know, he was a smart man, too. If he knew the Scriptures, he knew he was going to rise again in three days. He could use that tomb again he thought about it that way who knows how he really thought there but Joseph could have been a very smart man there he's going to rise again he's going to have my tomb for now because he's going to come back to life it's all going to be good or maybe he didn't think that way I don't know the Bible doesn't tell us he could have been very smart on that or else he got a blessing You you give to the Lord he returns it he always does this last week, our children they um Inflation has changed this, but for our children, when they go to bed, you know, if there's, if there's a tooth that they lose, and I'm trying to be careful because we have children in the service, there's somehow there's money that ends up under their pillow, and I don't know how it gets there, but somehow that ends up there. When I was a kid, it was like a buck, and now it's like five bucks. I don't know what's happened. Yeah, I'm like, and and you know, like, and sometimes I feel like some of those kids just try to pull some teeth out so they can just get. They need money like dad i need money and you know they're working on it and so this last week david put his tooth under his pillow and he had five dollars the next day it was sunday morning last sunday morning so he came to church and after church he told his mom i put all five dollars in the offering for jesus but do you know what someone did that day last sunday Someone gave him a birthday card. Someone in this room. I'm not even sure who it is. Caroline can tell you who it is. Someone gave him a birthday card. And do you know he opened up that birthday card? And Do you know what was inside there? Five bucks. <laughs> he gave God all of his money, and God gave it right back to him. Joseph was willing to give the Lord his tomb. Willing to buy the fine linen. And God gave him his tomb back think on that there we have a problem today in our world and if i offend you by saying this i'm not trying to offend you but sorry deal with it did i say that That, those are the thoughts that are supposed to stay in the head and not come out the mouth everyone in this world is vocal about what they do and where they stand everyone everyone didn't we just get through pride month did we not get through pride month Do you not look at any new Disney movie and see the filth they're pushing at you? Because this is the thing. The world will push its garbage on you and the world will let you know where it stands. So where are the Christians that will stand up and say, I believe God, I believe this book, and I'm going to stand for what's right. No, what we do today is we cower behind while while everyone else stands up for everything under the sun. And we have people standing up to murder babies today. Where are the Christians that stand up for life? Where are the Christians that stand up for the word of God? We're becoming more silent. We need more Christians today to step up and to go public with your private faith. Because you've got to understand something. What's on the inside, it's bound to come out at some point. You can keep it hidden, but at some point it's going to come. But go public with your private faith. Number two, and lastly. Do what you can with all that you have. Do what you can with all that you have. Joseph had a tomb. He gave it to Jesus. Joseph had money. He got a linen cloth to wrap Jesus in. Nicodemus, what did he do? He he bought the, the stuff to anoint his body with. Mary took what she had and anointed his body. There was a little boy that gave his five loaves and two fishes. And sometimes you might look and say, well, I just don't have a lot. God never asked you to have a lot. But do what you can with all that you have. Those ladies were coming back to the tomb to finish the job. I wish we could say those ladies had the faith and they knew he was going to be risen. I wonder, though, how how they thought that stone was going to be rolled away for them to do the job. They thought they were going to be nice to those soldiers there. Hey, guys, can you roll this back so we get this finished? I don't know. Because this is a heavy stone. take many people to roll this stone away. And when we look at these things, the question is this morning, are you living out your faith? It took these two men a while, but we see it. And then are you doing what you can with all that you have? we could go through the parable that Jesus gave one man had one talent, one man had two talents and one man had five talents the one with five talents took and he gained five more talents he worked, invested, did whatever the case may be but when the Lord came back he had ten talents the man who had two went out and he doubled his talents and he ended up with four the man who had one talent took that one talent and he said because he knew that the that the Lord was the way that he was. He just buried it in a hole and left it there. And the, and the Lord was like, if you really knew how I was, you would have given it to the bank. You would have done something to have it grow. Are you, What are you doing with what the Lord's given to you? I know we look in life and sometimes we think, look at where I've gotten and what I've done. Were it not for the grace of God, none of us would have done anything. We owe everything to him. Everything. So what the Lord has given to us, what are we doing with it? Do you know each of us, those that are saved in this room, you have a spiritual gift or maybe multiple spiritual gifts? What are you doing for the Lord with your spiritual gift that you've been given? Or are you sitting on it in your chair and doing nothing with it? Do what you can with all that you have. Just give God your best. Because someday we're going to stand before Him. And we're going to see those hands where those nails were. We're going to see those feet where those nails went through, His side where the spear went through. We're going to see, and this is what God did. God said, I will give mankind my very best. our best will never add up to god's best you can never it will never get close but are you giving god the best you can with what you have we see joseph did that here and we see nicodemus did it and there is example after example through the scripture of those that did the best that they could with what they had and that's what we got to do today two unexpected guys isn't it interesting that it wasn't any of the disciples? First off, they wouldn't have had a rich man's tomb anyways. They were they had followed Jesus for 3 years. They didn't have any money for anything like that. It's amazing how God needs all sorts of people for his work. God just doesn't need preachers, you realize that? God just doesn't need Sunday school teachers, deacons. God has in his work and in his kingdom a spot for everyone. Isn't that awesome? I think that's awesome god has a spot for each of us and do your best with what the lord's given to you and go public with your private faith what this world needs today is real faith they need to see it lived out in god's people i think people would come to jesus christ if more christians lived out their faith because it doesn't get any better you know we all suffer we all have hard times how many of you would agree you have hard times what would it be like without Jesus? How would he get through? I did a funeral on Thursday out at Riverside National Cemetery there. I don't know what it'd be like to do a funeral for a whole group of people that did not believe in Jesus Christ. It'd been your loved one's gone. It's done. There's nothing left, nothing you can ever do. You can never make done. But we have a blessed hope in Jesus Christ. We'll see our loved ones again. And we can sing the songs of what a day it's going to be. Because of the hope that we have. This world longs for hope and love. You know, in all reality, all those that are crying out among us today for pride, everything else, what they want, they want love and they want acceptance. Every person deep down in their heart, what they long for is love and acceptance. And do you know what Jesus offers us? love and acceptance he loves us as sinners he loves all the wicked people in this world and us because we're all the same sinners this world needs him take your private faith live it out